Welcome to Christchurch Manchester Sermon Podcast. CCM is one church that meets every Sunday in various locations across Manchester. For more information about who we are or about our Sunday meetings, please visit www.christchurchmanchester.com. First thing I want to start by saying is we live in quite an individualistic culture in the West, don't we? This is quite a widely recognised and agreed upon thing that actually Western culture is, is quite individualistic. And so by that, what I mean is we tend to focus more on individuals than on groups or collectives in the West. Okay? Uh, we tend to kind of elevate individuals more than we look to uh, groups and groups of people and collectives of people. So let me give you an example. We have, we have a bit of a celebrity culture in the West, don't we? And if you, if you look at sports, uh, you may have heard of uh, Cristiano Ronaldo. Heard of him? Heard of Lionel Messi? It's kind of these footballers. Maybe you've heard of David Beckham if you hadn't heard of those guys. Well, what you'll often see in football, which is quite interesting, right? It's a team sport, and people kind of support their teams. And yet these kind of superstars have actually much bigger followings, for example, on social media than the clubs, right? So, for example, Lionel Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo, they have hundreds of millions of followers on social media. And yet their clubs have a fraction of that. Kind of interesting, isn't it? Actually, in the West, we have this kind of uh, way of elevating individuals more, more than kind of looking to groups and collectives. I'll give you another example. Have you heard of Elon Musk? Of Elon Musk? Yeah, most people in the room have heard of him. So he's, he's a guy who's uh, started a number of companies in his time. One is super successful in particular, a company called Tesla. It's now the most valuable car manufacturer in the world by quite a margin. Um, and the interesting thing about Elon Musk and Tesla is that Elon Musk is like a superhero, right? Often people actually jokingly compare him to, uh, what's, that, what's that Marvel? Iron. Iron Man, that's it. Yeah, like people often jokingly compare him to Iron Man uh, because Iron Man, like his, what is it Tony Stark? That's the name of the character, isn't it? He's like this big scientist guy, but he's also kind of a superhero on the side. People often compare Elon Musk to this guy. I could not name anyone else that works for Tesla. And I, I don't think anyone else here could, right? Actually, we have this kind of way of thinking in the West that we look for kind of individual heroes more than we look at groups and collectives of people, okay? And so given that most of us, well, all of us here live in this Western context, uh, we have quite an international uh, group of people here, but most of us have kind of grown up in this Western context, okay? And so naturally, this way of thinking will affect the way that we relate to God, right? This kind of individualistic way of thinking, of kind of looking for heroes and individuals uh, to solve all our problems and do great things, this can affect the way that we relate to God. And so this morning I want us to think about how God builds his kingdom, okay? Uh, And I want us to think about actually the way that God, through the New Testament, talks about how he wants to build his kingdom, how he wants to... uh, expand his kingdom on earth and achieve his purposes on earth, right? Because what we can do is we can focus on individuals doing really big things, okay? So we can say, oh man, if like, uh, you know, we could look at someone like Billy Graham doing his like mission tours and reaching millions of people with the gospel and we can be like, we need a, a few more people like that, right? We need a few more people like Colin Barron to plant a bunch of churches, We can have this kind of uh, hero or celebrity mindset even within the church of how God is going to make his kingdom grow, right? Where it's about a few key individuals doing big heroic things. Does that make sense? Or on the flip side, 
Um, we can look at lots and lots of people, millions or billions of believers doing lots of small things to achieve God's purposes here on earth. So this is kind of what I want us to think about this morning. I think what actually is more in line with the New Testament model for God growing his kingdom is this idea of all believers doing lots of small everyday acts of obedience in order for God to achieve his purposes, okay? And so, you know, there are many of us here that have good uh, dreams for the future. So, you know, it might be that you have a desire for the future to relocate to another part of the world, that you've got this thing that you think God's put on your heart, maybe, which is quite a big thing, right? And that's good. Those, those things are good. But the danger is that we kind of put off all of the everyday acts of obedience of doing things for the kingdom until that point comes. It's like, in the future, I'm going to do that thing. But until then, I'm just kind of waiting for that point. Does that make sense? And so we're going to be thinking about these things this morning. Now, during Jesus' ministry on earth, um, he very often taught people about God using stories, right? Uh, and we call these stories parables. So they're really short stories where Jesus would kind of uh, use uh, things from the culture that he was speaking to, things that people understood in order to teach them things about God. Does that make sense? And a number of Jesus' parables refer to seeds. If you're familiar with the parables, there might be, might be one or two in your mind uh, right now. If you're not familiar, then we're going to look at some of them this morning. And what we're going to do throughout the sermon is we're going to use a metaphor, kind of analogy, okay? And so we're going to compare uh, seeds to the acts of obedience that we can do as believers, okay? So the metaphor is going to be that as we do things for God, as we, as believers, just throughout our every day, do our small acts of obedience for God, that's like sowing seeds for the kingdom. Does that make sense? That's the kind of metaphor that we're going to use throughout the sermon. And so as I go through uh, the sermon this morning, we're going to look at three parables, three things that Jesus says about seeds, three kind of characteristics of seeds, which I think are similar to what God calls us to do as believers. Does that kind of make sense? If not, then I think it will become clear as we go through. So three parables, three characteristics of seeds. First one, first characteristic of seeds They're pretty small, right? They're pretty unspectacular, pretty unimpressive. Seeds are pretty small. I was going to pretend to take a seed out of my pocket and be like, look how small this seed is, and see if anyone noticed I wasn't holding anything, but I just felt felt like I couldn't lie to you like that while preaching. But seeds are pretty small and unimpressive, aren't they? But they have the potential to grow into something beautiful, don't they? Something big. They have this kind of potential for life within them. I want to read you a parable. It's it's from Mark chapter 4, verses 30 to 32. Jesus says this, How can I describe the kingdom of God? What story should I use to illustrate it? It's like a mustard seed planted in the ground. It is the smallest of all seeds, smallest that they knew about in their culture of any, but it becomes the largest of all garden plants. It grows long branches and birds can make nests in its shade. And so this tiny seed, this tiny little seed, grows into this big, beautiful, impressive tree. I googled uh, mustard tree. I looked at some pictures. They're pretty impressive. Some of them grow pretty big. You can google it later yourself. But they grow from these tiny seeds. And so in the same way that seeds are really small, but have the potential to grow into something beautiful, something big, so are acts of obedience to God, I want to say, Mostly are small, small things, and yet they have the potential to grow 
into things that are beautiful, things that are significant. Okay? So I want to tell you a story. A <clears throat> uh, number of years ago, uh, I, lived in, I lived in Moss Side before I got married with a bunch of other Christian guys. Anyone here live in Moss Side? Not many. Huh? Oh, there were some nods. No one wanted to put their hands up. Okay. <laughs> I worried that I was going to pick them out maybe. I don't know. I used to live in Moss Side anyway. And um, <clears throat> I live with a few guys, and a couple of them are part of this church. I live with a guy called Tim, okay? And Tim was a super high-capacity guy, um, really, really great influence on me at the time. He's now down in London, actually leads a church with his wife down there. But Tim, uh, when he was up here, part of this church, I was living uh, with him in Moss Side. Tim decided to run an alpha course, okay? So Tim, super high-capacity guy, he was, he was going to run the alpha course, he was going to host it, cook the food, lead the study. Uh, he was going to do, do pretty much all of it, right? Now, that's maybe not what I'd call a seed in, in, in my metaphor. That's quite a, I don't know how many of us here would feel confident to kind of do that, right? So we're going to run out for course. We're going to host it. We're just going to do the whole, whole thing, okay? And yet there are a bunch of other Christians that came along to this. So I was living with Tim. Tim said, hey, Josh, would you come along to this Alpha course? Would you be a part of this Alpha course, which, you know, it's this event where people come to uh, find out the fundamentals of the Christian faith, ask questions about Christianity, and so Tim said, hey, would you come along and just be part of it so that when we have the discussion, there are Christians there. He asked a few of us, right? A number of us. So it was this, he was, what he was doing was, was quite a big deal. I wouldn't have felt confidence at that time. But there are a number of us that just needed to be there. So for me, it's like, well, you know, I can come to this thing that's in my house once a week for an hour <laughs> and a half and, and eat a free meal, right? My cooking sucks. So that's a benefit in, in and of itself. And so we had this alpha course in our house and there were a few people who were not Christians coming along. There were a few people who were kind of new Christians. And there were a few of us who were just there to take part in the conversation. Sowing seeds, just every day, small acts, easy. Nothing heroic about that. Any of us could do that, right? Any of us can invite our friends to an Alpha course. Any of us can go along to an Alpha course and just take part in the discussion. And so we were there. And, um, <clears throat> and one person in particular I noticed, and, and we noticed, we kind of discussed afterwards, man, this person is really seeming to... Uh, actually develop an interest for the gospel. This person's asking questions. This person, uh, you know, they're, they're really, they're, I think they're going to become a Christian, actually. And so we kept going through this alpha course, and a bunch of the people there, you know, we were sowing the seeds, but a bunch of the people there, there wasn't the growth. They weren't, they weren't necessarily that interested. Some people stopped coming, but this one person, she kept coming, right? And, and you know this person, Probably all of you here know this person, and she still talks about this from time to time. And what's funny and a little bit embarrassing for me is that she often mentions, like, my part in this. I'm like, I just came along, and just, you know, when Tim asked me a question, I just answered the question. I just took part in the conversations. I was sowing seeds. I didn't do anything spectacular. We could all do the same thing. And it was the same for those other guys there. It was the same for Claire's friend, Claire Wisdom's friend, who invited her along to this Alpha course. Yeah, just sowing seeds. And now, you know, Claire's someone who's overtaken me in a lot of ways in her faith. You know, seriously. You know, there's been growth. There's been this beautiful growth over the years. And all that happened, yeah, one guy did something that was pretty impressive, actually. But most of us were just sowing seeds, just little things. Everyday acts of obedience. Yeah, we can come along to that. That seems like a good idea. We want people to hear the gospel and so we sowed seeds. We sowed those little seeds, and now there's growth. 
how there's been growth. And so it's the first thing I want to say. Actually, most of, most of what God does, most of the growth that God wants to bring, it's things like this. It's you and me just doing everyday small acts of obedience. It's not something you need to wait for that's big years off before you can serve God. You don't need to get to a certain point. You can do these things. You can sow these seeds for the kingdom. Second thing I want to say is that seeds grow by themselves, right? See, you plant a seed, you sow a seed, and then it grows. So, like, there's two separate things, right? Your job is to sow the seed. The growth kind of happens on its own, doesn't it? Let me read you a parable. Mark 4, 26, 29. It's immediately before the parable that we read before. Jesus said, The kingdom of God is like a farmer who scatters seed on the ground. Night and day, while he's asleep or awake, the seed sprouts and grows, but he does not understand how it happens. The earth produces the crops on its own. First a leaf blade pushes through, then the heads of wheat are formed, and finally the grain ripens. And this is true of the things that we do for God, these little things we do. You know, in the story I told, we, we sowed the same seeds with Claire as we did with those other people there who stopped coming, Right? Actually, all we could do was sow the seed. It was up to God to make it grow. We couldn't make it grow. You can't, when you sow a seed in the ground, sort of will it to grow. You know, it's like, it's like trying to force the hair out of your head. It doesn't work that way, right? you just got to wait. It grows by itself. And so the analogy here is that actually we sow the seed and God makes it grow, right? We sow the seed and God makes it grow. There's, a separate, there's two separate things happening there. I'm going to tell you a story. Um, <clears throat> In September 2018, when we had our kind of freshers influx for the year, there was a girl who came along to uh, our church a few times. Um, I remember meeting her. We had one of our freshers events, right? Because what, what happens is the Christians come to Manchester uh, and a bunch of them will go and visit churches and try and find a church to be part of, which is great. And so we have events and we had one of these events and Jess and I turned up and saw this girl kind of standing, uh, standing kind of on her own and, and not having anyone to talk to her. And I could see immediately that I, you know, I didn't recognize her. This is someone that's new. So when I spoke to this girl, you know, just sowing seeds, actually, what does this girl need? She needs someone to have a conversation with her, be kind to her. Anyway, I was chatting to this girl. Jess had a chat with her as well. Lovely girl. Uh, met her a couple of times. Jess, she and Jess exchanged numbers. And she ended up landing in another church, okay, which is fine. She got stuck into a church in Manchester. That's what we want. Um, And then didn't hear from her for months, okay, because she was in a different church. That was uh, great. So anyway, a few months went by. Uh, A number of you know that at the beginning of uh, last year or or spring last year, um, Jess actually became pregnant. A number of you know that. Not a secret. And, um, and then just, you know, so we were kind of in that place of uh, being excited about that, and then just things didn't go well. Yeah, it's going to be quite emotional. But, um, yeah, and, and the pregnancy didn't go well, and, and we lost that child. And we were sat there, I remember, in our, sat in our lounge, sat on the sofa, Jess was sat on my left-hand side, and, and, and we were kind of crying together. And we just had this scan confirming, confirming this news. And, and so we just found out about this that day, right? And I was praying to God, you know, God, just draw close to us. Just give us peace. 
Show us that you're with us in this, in this suffering. Because we do suffer in this world, don't we? As believers. And we sat there and I prayed this. We sat together and Jess's phone lights up. She's got a message. She reads it. I can't remember if we'd even told anyone at this point. Um, she reads this message. And it's from this girl that we met in Freshers. It's from this girl that we hadn't spoken to for months. And you know what had happened is this girl was sat in her room praying, God, speak to me. You ever do that? You ask God to speak to you. And you think maybe you've got something to share with someone, but you don't really know. You don't really ever know, do you, when you, when you, whether God's spoken to you or not. You pass that message on, hopefully. You sow that seed. And this girl had this song. She said, you know, I just feel like God wanted me to give you this song. Let me read you some of the lyrics. It's okay to grieve a life that could not be. I'm trying to believe in something better. Even if the dreams I had turned into dust, there's no wreckage that's too broken to rebuild. The world is just as scary as I thought it was, but your love makes me braver still. Your love makes me braver. Sat there. This girl knows nothing about this pregnancy, knows nothing about what's happened. She's just in her room praying to God. You want God to speak to you, sow a seed, make some time. You feel like maybe you have a word for someone. It's not your responsibility to make that word grow, to make that word fruitful. It's your responsibility to just sow that seed, give that word. What's God saying to you? Actually, that was a huge blessing to us, huge source of faith, huge source of comfort for us to look back on even now. It's incredible. What did she do? She just sowed the seed. It was up to God for that word to be true. It was up to God for that to bear fruit. Sow a seed. I just really want to encourage you, particularly with, particularly with this kind of stuff, like the spiritual stuff, actually asking God to speak to us, thinking maybe we've got a picture or a word for someone, praying for healing, these kinds of things. Actually, your job is to sow the seed. Actually, the fruit, the growth, that's separate. This girl was worried about this word being totally wide of the mark. We wouldn't have got this, right? Sow that seed. So that's the second thing I want to say, actually. Our job is to sow the seed. God's job is to make it grow. They're separate, right? Two separate things. Thirdly, and finally, not every seed grows, does it? Not every seed grows. You don't just plant one seed if you need a plant, right? Not every seed grows. So does that mean that we're put off sowing seeds? No, so liberally. So liberally. Listen to this parable, Luke chapter 8, verses 5 to 8. A farmer went out to plant his seed. As he scattered it across his field, some seed fell on a footpath where it was stepped on, and the birds ate it. Other seed fell among rocks. It began to grow, but the plant soon wilted and died for lack of moisture. Other seed fell among the thorns that grew up with it and choked, it out, and choked out the tender plants. Still, other seed fell on fertile soil. The seed grew and produced a crop. That was a hundred times as much as had been planted. So this parable, Jesus is talking about essentially uh, the gospel, people receiving the gospel. And what's interesting about this story is the farmer doesn't just plant a little bit, just doesn't just sow a little bit of seed, right, just where he thinks it might grow. He scatters it liberally. And I think this is something that we should apply as well, kind of related to the previous point, but to the things that we do as believers, right? Because one risk particularly with the stuff that's really out of our control, like actually 
prophecy, praying for healing, inviting people to Alpha, going along to Alpha and hoping that people receive the gospel. Actually, we can be put off when that seed doesn't grow, right? And so then sometimes we don't, we don't sow that seed because it's like, well, I've seen it not grow in the past. I don't want to do that. I don't want to risk that again. But actually what I want to encourage you with is, you know, I think, I think if anything, we should sow more liberally, right? Because the seed doesn't always grow. <clears throat> yeah, I remember, um, I remember a time a few years ago, uh, I was on Wilmslow Road. Have you heard of treasure hunting? It's, like this, it, it's this idea that, it's this thing where you kind of, um, you pray for God to give you a specific like, insight into a random person, okay, on the street, and then you try and find that person and you kind of give them this insight, and then because they're blown away that you've got this insight, it kind of provides an avenue for you to talk to that person about, about God, give them the gospel, that kind of thing. And so one time I was doing this a few years ago on Wilmslow Road, and, um, and I had this idea, like bright red shoes, okay? So not many people have bright red shoes. It took me a while to find it. Anyway, anyway so I'm there looking weird, looking at people's feet on Wilmslow Road. And... Um, and this guy bumps into me, this guy called Dave, uh, who worked at The Message, not our Dave, different Dave. Um, and I explained to him what I was doing, and he's like, oh, Josh, that's great, let me help you, let's, let's look for this guy. And then after a few minutes, he was like, Josh, you know, let's keep looking for this guy, but why don't we just tell, why don't we just tell all these other people as well? Why don't we talk to other people about Jesus? Why don't we ask other people if we can pray for them, that kind of thing? I was like, I felt a bit silly, right? I was looking for like, this one very specific person. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with like, the treasure hunting thing, but actually, I think there was some real wisdom in this guy's approach of let's tell lots of people, right? We know that not everyone is going to receive this. We know that not every seed we sow is going to grow, so let's sow more, yeah? Um, so I just want to encourage you. Actually, a lot of the things we do as believers, our job is to sow the seed, God's job is to make it grow, and a lot of the time, it won't grow, or it will grow over a long period. We won't even see that. You know, there's people I spoke to that day, maybe that, maybe that seed has grown into something. I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know who those people are today. Not every seed grows, so so, so liberally. So really, the, I guess the message of today's sermon is that God isn't looking for heroes, right? He's not looking for a few uh, heroic Christians to make his kingdom grow. That's not God's approach or his plan. Because Christianity's already got its hero, hasn't it? <laughs> We've already got our, Jesus is the hero of Christianity, it's not going to be you, it's not going to be me, it's not going to be Billy Graham or his, what's his son called, Franklin Graham, is that it, been in the news recently, not even John Piper, who's slightly my hero, maybe I need to watch out there, I don't know. That's not God's method for growing his kingdom, right? God's method is for all of us, all of his millions and billions of followers, it's for his church to sow lots of seeds. What does that look like? Well, Perhaps you know someone who is lonely. Sow a seed. Even after today's meeting, perhaps. Maybe there's disunity in your friendship group. Sow, sow seeds. Maybe you want to experience more prophecy. Maybe you want there to be more prophecy in the church. Sow seeds. Like the girl in my story before. Do you want to know your Bible better? Just sow some seeds. Do you know someone who needs help financially? Sow a seed. Do your colleagues gossip about your boss? Sow a seed. Actually, most of what God calls us to do, most of how God grows his kingdom, it's seeds scattered and growing up. 
So how does God's kingdom grow? Well, primarily, I think it's us sowing lots of seeds, right? God makes them grow. That's how he does it. That's how the kingdom grows. So be encouraged. I'm going to pray. Um, Lord, we thank you that you choose to involve us in your kingdom growth. Lord, over the last few weeks, we've been hearing about the future. We've been hearing about what's to come in eternity, about these new bodies, this new earth that we look forward to. But Lord, as you make your kingdom grow in this earth, I pray for all of us here that none of us would have this mindset of that we're waiting for some kind of big thing to happen in the future or that we're waiting for certain kind of individuals uh, to be heroes within this church, that it's all on Colin Barron or John Piper or whoever it may be. But actually, Lord Jesus, that we would grab hold of this idea that throughout our everyday, just through everyday small acts of obedience, we can sow seeds which you will grow your kingdom through. Lord Jesus, bless us. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. We love you. Amen.